Reb Michel was a fine, ehrliche young man from a good rabbinical family. He married the daughter of a prominent local Jew who gave part of his large house for the young couple to live in. Soon after the marriage, Reb Michel asked his father-in-law to come into his room as he wanted to speak to him privately. He told his schwer, his father-in-law, that he wanted to seclude himself from the outside world for a certain period of time in order to devote himself completely to learning Taira. His father-in-law was very surprised at this strange idea, even more so when Reb Michel began to say what he wanted to be done in order to carry out his plan. My dear Schwer, began Reb Michel, please make a special exit from my room to the outside. I will then lock myself into my room so no one can disturb me. Please make a small opening in the door of my room through which food will be handed to me each day. I will not speak to anyone, nor see anyone, during all of the time I will live in seclusion. My wife has agreed with my plan, and I hope you will too. But if not, then I will leave your house. Reb Michel's Schwer was far from pleased with his new son-in-law's plan. He asked for a few days to consider the request, and went straight to visit his Mechutten, Reb Michel's father, who lived in a nearby shtetl called Drobich. He told him of Reb Michel's strange request and asked Reb Michel's father what he thought about it. I knew my son Michel would want to do something like this, but I did not think he would want to do it so soon after the wedding. However, if he wants to do this right now for a certain time, I don't think you should try to stop him. So Reb Michel's father-in-law returned home and agreed to his son-in-law's request. He fixed Reb Michel's room up, just as he had requested, with a small opening in the door of the locked room. Every evening, Reb Michel's wife would knock on the door, hand him his meal through the opening without saying a word, and that Reb Michel would accept it, also without saying anything. This went on for a thousand days. When this period was over, Reb Michel rejoined the family and greeted everyone cheerfully, just as if he had never been separated from them. Reb Michel would now accompany his shver to the base medrash, but he would stay behind after davening to learn. There were some other Jungalite studying in the base medrash, and they thought Reb Michel was very strange for having isolated himself for almost three years. So they decided to make fun of him. He thinks he's special, they said to each other. Let's make him think that we also regard him as a Rebbe. They put together their money and changed it into a coin of some value, and one of them approached him, offered it to Reb Michel as a pidyon, and said that his wife was very ill, and would Reb Michel please give her a bracha for a rufua shlema. Reb Michel regarded the coin, which he tossed from one hand to the other. The group of young men looked on and were smirking. Finally, Reb Michel looked up and said, I'm very sorry indeed, but I'm afraid I cannot help your wife. The group of youngalite found this very funny, made certain remarks to each other, and began to laugh. But suddenly, a young boy ran into the base medrash and cried out, Tati, Tati, 
Mummy doesn't feel well. Come home right away. The young man, who had played the joke on Reb Michal, now wiped the smile off his face. He ran home with his son and called for a doctor to come immediately. But, Loyalenu, it was too late. His young wife had lost consciousness and her neshama went away from her goof. The story soon spread amongst the people in town, and all of the Jews began to look on Reb Michal with respect. This made Reb Michal feel very uncomfortable. So he asked his father-in-law to buy him a horse and a droshka so he could relocate to a nearby town. His shver carried out the request, and Reb Michal and his wife set out on their way to a new life in the city of Brod, where they were not known. Reb Michal became a malamed. He was very popular. Many parents sent their children to learn with him. He taught them Chumash, Mishnayas, Gemara, Midrashim, and he planted a warm love in their hearts for Hashem, for the Holy Torah, and for every Jew. Reb Michal loved the children, and they all loved Reb Michal. One day in the base Medrash in Brod, Reb Michal heard people talking about a Jew named Reb Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, who can make sick people well, whether they are sick in the body or sick in the neshama. And this Reb Yisrael Baal Shem Tov has introduced a new derech in Avedis Hashem. However, these people were saying, he pays a lot of attention to unlearned Jews, and he spends a lot of time davening. They also found other similar faults for which they decided to criticize this strange Jew. The Rav of Brod called a meeting to see what could be done to make sure this new dangerous movement should not spread to Brod. After much discussion, they decided to put a cherem on Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov, on his teachings and on any of his followers. One of the senior members spoke up and said, There are only nine of us here at this very important meeting. We need a minion of Tamidi Chachamim to pronounce a cherem. We have amongst us a fine young man, a God-fearing Tamid Chacham, let us call him to see what he thinks about this problem and the ban that we are considering on the Baal Shem Tov. This they agreed to do. They called Reb Michal to the Bezdin, told him their problem. They asked him for his opinion. Reb Michal listened to their story and then answered them like this, Who am I that you should care for my opinion? I am a Malamid, a teacher of children. You are all Tamidich Chachamim. But if you want my opinion, let me quote a halacha, a Jewish law, which states that if we wish to do someone a favor, there is no need to ask his permission. But if we intend to do something which may be harmful to another person, we must not do it without first informing him of it, so he should be given a chance to explain himself and prove that he is not deserving of punishment. It is possible, continued Reb Michal, that the Baal Shem Tov indeed conducts himself differently than we do, I am sure that he would be able to explain the reason for it if we were to give him that opportunity. However, if we don't give him that opportunity, how can we dare to put such a serious thing as a cherem, a ban on him? The earnest words and manner of Reb Michal made a deep impression. 
They saw the fairness of young Reb Michel's idea, and they dropped the ban. Soon after this, Reb Michel went to the parents of his students and told them that the time has come for him to leave. He told them that if they could pay him for the time he taught their children, then they should pay him. But if not, never mind. The parents tried very hard to persuade Reb Michel to stay, but Reb Michel said he must leave. A new teacher appeared in the town. Reb Michel was happy to leave, knowing that his dear students would not be neglected. And that Reb Michel, of course, went straight to Mezbush to see the Balshemtev, who greeted him with a friendly smile. You have done a good thing, said the Balshemtev. You prevented a Jewish community from carrying out a terrible wrong. You are worthy to become a Manig Ruchni and a Rebbe. Go to Zlochov. You will be appointed as a Magid there. You will lead the Jews on the path of Taira and Chesidus with a Havas Hashem, a Havas Taira, and a Havas Yisrael. Reb Michal Zlochover became famous not only in Zlochov, but in many areas far and wide. And even today, Chesidim sing his heartfelt Nigunim and tell many wonderful stories of his many wonderful deeds.